0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, we're in a series called 2021, and we've been talking about setting goals for our life. Um, And so today we're in part two. If you missed last week, I really encourage you to go back and get that because I think there'll be some things that will help you in your life. I read the story about Supreme Court uh, Justice, former Supreme Court Justice Oliver Winder Holmes. He misplaced his ticket one day when he was traveling by train. And he was looking through his bags, and finally one of the the train officials said, Listen, Your Honor, if you don't find your ticket, you can simply mail it in when you find it. He said, mailing it in is not the problem. I just forgot where I'm supposed to be going today. I I think sometimes in life, uh, we forget where we're supposed to be going, or we never really think about it. We said this last week in review, everybody ends up somewhere somewhere. The truth is, only a few people end up somewhere on purpose. Would you read that with me? Everybody ends up somewhere. Truth is, only a few people end up on purpose. At the Father's house, every year we have a word that describes what we're doing and who we are. And this year that word is advancing, advancing. And we want to advance. But if you don't know where you're supposed to advance to, you're just kind of going around circles. I'm convinced one of the primary reasons that some people never, never see changes in their life that they desire, they have New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions, but they never see any change. I really believe one of the main reasons of that is they never set any goals for their life. During the 2004 Summer Olympics, the American athlete, Matthew Emons was on track to win a gold medal for the 50-meter three-position rifle final. Uh, all he had to do was just put a bullet somewhere in the target, and he would win a gold medal. So he came up to the target. He focused in on the target. He stopped his breathing. He took aim, and then he pulled the trigger the bullet went straight through the, uh, through the target, straight through the bullseye, but he was puzzled because when you hit the bullseye, you get the tone that sounds that you hit a bullseye, but he didn't get the tone. Then it dawned on him. He hit a bullseye, but he shot the wrong target, and he went from number one, gold, to number eight, accurate, but didn't hit the goal. I wonder, I wonder if one of these days when we stand before a greater judge than anybody that judges the Olympics, will he say, you hit the wrong target. You lived your life with with all the gusto you could do, but you hit the wrong target. That's not what I created for you. That's not the purpose that I created for you. What if God were to say to you, you were not a a good steward of what I've given you, you lived for yourself. One of the ways that we can be sure that he doesn't say that, we want to hear him say, well done, our good and faithful servant, right? Amen. One of the ways we do that is that we need to set some goals, some life goals. You say, well, I think that's a business term, isn't it? Or that's something you do in the sports world. No, setting goals is a biblical scriptural discipline that we need to have. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 and 26. Why don't you read it with me? So I do not run without a what? I do not run without a what? Look at your neighbor and say a goal. What are your goals? He said, let's read it. I fight like a boxer who's hitting something, not just the air. He said, I'm not like playing air guitar. Hey, by the way isn't our worship team aren't they awesome i mean i was just i was just sitting back there and- Sitting back there and worshiping and, and listening. And I thought, man, a few weeks ago we went from right, like soul gospel, or rock and roll, rockabilly, uh, I mean drums, everything. And then this week kind of sat back, just kind of be in the presence of the Lord. And I thought, wow, where could you go? And you have so many different things in our worship team. But listen, there's room for you. If you've got some talent to play or sing, there's room for you. Right, Matt? Yes, we have room for you. So, hey. Thank, thanks to God for our team. We love them. We love them so very, very much. So, we talked last week about one goal we would need to set, and that's we need to find my life purpose, right? Find my life purpose. What is my life purpose? We went through a lot of scriptures, went through a lot of passages last week, and we summed it up like this Your life's purpose is to give glory to God and make Him known. Would you read that with me? To give glory to God. And make him known. So that means if you are a builder, then your job is to do that in such a way that you give God glory because you give him the very best. And then through that, you make Jesus known. If you're in sales, if you're in landscape, if you're in um, uh, mortgaging, if you work for American Express, what do you do? You do everything so that it brings glory to God and makes Jesus known, famous. So that's simply that. So people say, oh, I just don't know my purpose. I don't know my purpose. Well, your purpose is that. That whatever I'm doing right now, you see, sometimes jobs change. Sometimes seasons change in our life. Some of you have come to Florida to retire and expire. But in the meantime, before retiring and expiring, you got a lot to do. Who knows the way it's going right now. The Lord can come back before you kick off, right? I mean, we're all getting that, you know, just past 71 this week. And so I'm thinking, whoa, I'm feeling pretty good for 71. I think I might make 101 the way it's going right now. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to retire. I may change a little bit. I may pace myself a little bit. I can't do some of the things that I used to do the way that I do them. But here's what I know. Whatever I do, whatever season I'm in, I'm going to do it in such a way that I bring glory to God, do it my very best, and I'm going to make Jesus known. I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. I'm going to make Jesus known. So today, we want to talk about the second goal that we need to set. And here it is. I need to set my life goals. Set my life goals. That's very important. Pulitzer Prize uh, winning writer Catherine Porter said, I'm appalled at the aimlessness of most people's lives. 50% don't pay any attention to where they're going. They just get up and go through life. 40% are undecided and they'll go in any direction. Only 10% know what they want and even all of them don't go advancing towards it. What is your life goals? If you know your purpose, what is your life goals? What, what are you shooting for? What are you looking for? Well, I'm, I'm looking to retire. Ah, you miss. <laughs> to, what, what's that mean? Well, I'm going I'm to play all the golf I want to play. Ah, I want to bowl every day. I want to play butchie ball. There we go. I was going to say lawn darts. I don't think you can do that anymore. No. No. What if you lived only the first half of your life on purpose and the second part of your life, you live by just waiting, waiting. This is not a waiting room. Florida is not a waiting room. It's a place that you use all the gifts and talents that God has given you, and you come into a new season of your life to bring Him glory and to make Jesus known. Goals are something that help us to focus. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, The world makes way for a man who knows where he's going or a woman. J.C. Penney said, Give me a stock clerk with a goal, and I'll give you a man who'll make history. Give me a man without a goal. And I'll give you a stock clerk. Did you know God expects you to set some goals? It's not just for the business arena. Jesus had a goal on this earth. Jesus had a goal that he came. For this reason, I came, he said, to seek and save the lost. For this reason. Now, if it had been many of us riding into town that day on the little donkey and they're throwing down everything and saying, Hosanna to the king. We're going to make you king. We're gonna... I mean, many of us would say, whoa, whoa, this is God's destiny for me to be a king, but not Jesus. He said, no, I can't get sidetracked. I've got one goal. I've got to get to the cross. I lay down my life. I've got to make a way for eternity. Even the Pharisees tried to sidetrack him. Nope, there. Even the political arena. Nope, there. See, that's the purpose. And if Jesus had a goal like that, a life goal, then you and I, we have to decide what is the life goal that God has for us. If you have no goals for your life, you're just existing. You're just coasting. I learned a long time ago, you never coast uphill. You're always coasting downhill. So if you're just going around in circles, have no purpose, no life, go every day just getting up and going to work, coming home, and that's the same thing. That's all you ever think about. You're just coasting. You're just going through life coasting. You're missing your life purpose. So I want to be able to help you as we look at this to discover your life purpose. Philippians 3 to 12, Paul said this. I'm not saying I have this all together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the what? I've got my eye on the what? Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. I've got my eye on a goal. What is your goal? What is the goal that Jesus wants you to shoot for? What is it? What is that goal that he has for you? It's not about what a goal for us as believers is not about what you get done in 2021, but it's who you become. Not what you get done, but who you become. Because if you become who he wants you to become, then you're doing all the things you do is going to come in line with a goal that he has for your life. So how do we set life goals? Number one, if you're taking notes, and you should, here it is, you start setting your life goals with prayer. You don't just uh, say, well, what could be my life goal? No, you start with prayer. Setting goals is a spiritual exercise. Setting a goal is dreaming big. It's praying hard and it's thinking long. Praying, thinking about my life goals. How do I do that? Well, I want to get into his word and get into his presence and let God outline the agenda for my life. Parents, you need to teach this to your kids. Grandparents, you need to teach this to your kids. Don't let them just say, well, I'm just going to go through life. But what does your life go? What is your life purpose? I never heard a kid say when you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? I never heard them say, well, I want to be at 12. I want to be pregnant with two kids and I'm not married, non-drugs. Never heard that. They dream big and so sometimes along the line we say oh no you could never do that how could you, what do you mean you could never do that how could you stop a goal that god has in their life but don't let your kids and don't let yourself live without a life goal that you know every day i'm getting up with this purpose in mind. wow gives me goosebumps i hope you're catching this prayer is a way that we get on god's wavelength in 1909 A young girl by the name of Lenora Wood volunteered to go to the Appalachian Mountains to teach in a one-room mission school. It was a very impoverished area, city called Del Rio, Tennessee. She became something of a living legend there because of her faith and her ability uh, to pray. She knew how to turn dreams into prayer and prayer into dreams. She believed this. She believed we must step toward our goals in God's presence through prayer. That's where it starts. Stepping into, you say, I've never set a life goal. Good. This will change your life. I'm telling you, if you'll do this one thing, it will change your life. You begin to say through prayer, I'm coming into your presence, Lord. And whether I'm 10 or whether I'm 90-10, I'm going to come into your presence present. That's 90 plus 10 days. That's what I think that is. Raymond Thomas was a foster teen who often stopped at Lenora's cabin wearing his knee-high clodhoppers. And he would sit on the porch and he would talk with her as she was shelling peas or darning socks. And he would say to her, I have a impossible dream. I'm a foster child. I have no money. But something inside of me says, I must go to college. He said, would you pray one of those dreaming prayers for me? And this was her prayer. Father, you've given Raymond a fine mind. We believe that you want that mind to be developed. That you want Raymond's potential to be used to help lift and lighten some portion of our world. Since all the wealth in the world is yours, please help Raymond find everything he needs for an education. And then she continued. And Father, we also believe you even give a bigger plan for Raymond. Would you plant in his mind and in his heart the vivid pictures, the specific dreams that will reflect your plans for him after college? And oh Lord, give him joy. In the dreaming great joy well to make a long story short Raymond Thomas did make it through college in four years working 12 different jobs to support himself he graduated with honors with a bachelor in science he went on to serve in World War II and later settled in Vienna where he was uh, worked for and received and earned a PhD in physics he went on to visit 60 countries and to master multiple languages, and then to network with some of the most important people in Europe with his job with the United States Atomic Energy Commission. Years later, Lenora's daughter Catherine wrote to Raymond and said, I'm making a trip to Europe. When Catherine arrived in Rome, she was met by Roman officials who gave her a a guided tour through access places where no normal tourist could go. In Florence, she was taken to the top of the dome. In Venice, a gondola waited for her. Catherine realized her childhood friend was known throughout Europe. Later, in Vienna, Raymond told her, the fact that I could sit on your front steps and with no money at all, dream of going to college and achieve it prove something to me very simply what your mother said was true any right dream can be realized and prayer listen to this and prayer helps you know if it's right and gives you the power to stay with it Your dream is not impossible, and your dream is not over just because you're here and you're retired. If you still have a heartbeat, God still wants to fulfill the dream that He put in your heart. Some of you have let go of your dream. You thought it was impossible. It'll never happen. Some of you have gone back to school against odds of anybody else. You finished nursing school. You finished graduate school, whatever you have, because Over and over, you couldn't get rid of that dream that God put in your heart. Remember? To give Him glory and to make Jesus known. Uh, Here's what I would really encourage you in the next little while. Do a prayer retreat. Take 24 hours or 48 hours. Turn your phone off. Go to some place that has some significance for you. Take your journal so that you can pray and begin letting the Lord download to you his goal, his agenda for your life. It all starts with prayer. Number two, we need to answer these questions. If you, I'll give you some questions. It's very practical today, okay? Very practical. Number one question, what do I need to start? What do I need to start? What discipline do I need to start? What do I need the courage to start? Not a million things. But what's one thing that I need to start? Bob Wayton celebrated his 112th birthday during this coronavirus epidemic in 2020. What a shame, because on the day that he had his birthday, he received a Guinness Book uh, World Records, The Oldest Man Alive on Earth, 112, but he couldn't celebrate with his friends. He had to be up on his balcony, and they sang him happy birthday. He said, you know what? This this coronavirus is very bizarre. I've never experienced anything like this virus before. I'm a bit frustrated, but then I've been in situations that I had to accept what was going on before. Then he summed up the wisdom of 112 years. Would you like to know what his wisdom was of 112 years? 112 years of wisdom, and here it is. Are you ready? Here it is. There is nothing we can do about the virus, so we might as well do what we can do, right? I mean, yeah, do what you can do, you know, get a vaccine, do whatever, you know, fits into your your thoughts, but here's what he said, never mind about the things you can't, never mind about the things that you can't. You see, when we start talking about life goals, we think, well, I'm too old. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I don't know how to do it. No, start with what you can. The focus is asking yourself, what do I need to start today? If I want to have a greater relationship with the Lord, what's one thing I need to start today? If I want to have a greater marriage, what's one thing I need to start today? If I want to be a better parent, what's one thing I need to start today? If I want to get in shape, what's one thing I need to do today? I'm so thankful one of our staff members felt so touched by the Lord that it's time to get their life on track and have been doing something very powerfully, and they've already lost almost 60 pounds to their health. I'm going to tell you, and it starts with making a decision to do something different. So what is it that God is saying to you that you need to start? So the second question is, what do you need to stop? What is it you need the courage to stop? What distractions do you need to eliminate? You need to discover the beauty of this one word. No. Practice with me. No. Look at your neighbor. Practice it again. No. <laughs> because you've got to prioritize. Because you can't do everything equal, right? Right? Everything is a good thing, but not everything is a great thing. You've got to be willing. I, I, this is a great little book you might want to read, Learning How to Say No When You Usually Say Yes, by uh, a, a lady by the name of Manresa. She advises her readers that it's all right to learn to say no. She said, or we will constantly be overcommitted and the greater things are left behind. She has several suggestions of how you can say no. The first one is just say No. She said no is a complete sentence. Just no. But she said, I know some of you want to be a little more gentle. So here's some ways that you can say no. I'm sorry, but I simply can't do it at this time. Or it doesn't look like I'll be able to. But if anything changes, I'll let you know. It looks like I'm going to have to pass this time. Isn't that nice and gentle? You're really saying no, but I, I, I just have to let it pass at this time. It just looks like I can't fit that into my schedule right now. Or here's one. Just no, thank you, not able. Look at your notes. See, the the amazing thing about your notes is that it has on each side what we call a margin. If, if, If you tried to pick up a book and it was printed, the paper was printed from one side to the other, you almost get frustrated because there's no margin for your eyes and your brain to process in how to read that, and what happens a lot of times in our life, we get so busy. If, if the devil can't keep you, if, if the devil can't keep you from discovering your life purpose, he'll get you so busy that you'll never be able to do your life purpose. Everybody's got a plan for your life, but not everything is worthwhile. Now, when I'm on the stage here, I have margin before when you come to the edge but I could easily just keep uh, shortening that margin right and I could get to the place that I get to the edge. And now I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. I'm thinking about how farther can I go with this margin. And some of you have not even listened to what I'm saying right now. And you're thinking, I hope he falls. That will be fun if he falls right off the stage. He won't fall far. He won't hurt himself, but he will fall. But isn't that silly? If I get to the edge, what if I, do, what if I did the whole teaching like this, right on the edge? Like I'm, I'm sort of uh, half and half and half and half. I don't have any balance. Al's not here. So Al, Al helps me with my balance every week at the gym I gotta be on the balance thing but you know wouldn't that make you nervous if I taught the whole teaching and I'm like this but I think that's how the Lord looks at us sometimes so what do I need to stop what do I need to stop we all have 168 hours a week nobody gets more What do you need to stop? What do you need to stop? What system or routine do you need to create? What system or routine do you need to create? Our body is a complex system of, uh, what do we have? Nervous system, skeletal system, muscular system. What are the other systems? You know, you you can say all of those. They're all working underneath my skin. And uh, if something goes wrong with one of those systems, what happens? I know, that, I know it's not right, right? I mean, you, you know, if you, if you break your arm, you know, it, it's not going to work right. And it's not because of what's happening on the inside. It's because the system of, wh- of where it is. Your system, your system for your life purpose is producing exactly what you have designed it to produce. If you're saying, I just, man, I just don't have time for my kids. What you're saying is, the system that I have produced is producing me no time for my kids. If you say, "Yeah, I just, oh man, I've got so many things going on. I, I just don't have to get time to get to church. What you're saying is, the system you have created. What are you saying? You know I just I just always find myself running late you know I have to check my kids in next door that I come into my daddy told me a long time ago he said on time is late if you can't arrive somewhere before it starts then you have no value for that you say oh but yes but I do I really value well here's what you're saying Then my system that I'm working doesn't create t- thing for me to get here on time last week was a Super Bowl now if you're a Super Bowl fan What if somebody were to say to you, I've got some tickets, best tickets in the house. You're in private area. You'll be catered every need. It'll be there. But to use that, you have to be at least 10 minutes early. And if you're on time, then you're late and we'll give it to somebody else. I'm telling you, I would be there 80 minutes early. I'd be standing in line. I'd be there. Why? Because that would be of a value to me. I would create a system. That I would be before on time. Your system is producing exactly what you created it to produce. Someone's not here today, but they're always losing their keys. Yeah. Here's the word. Where's my? Where's my? Well... The system you have created is producing your lost keys. You put your keys in your pocket. You take your pants off, hang them up in the closet. And then you're like, where's my, where's my keys? Where's my keys? And then thankfully now you've got those, the phone that'll beep where your keys are, you know, and all of that. You know. Now, the system that this person has is creating the lost keys. Now, I got in trouble between service, and they said, I do have a system. I have a key right by the door. It's just that I don't work the system. I won't tell you who she is. But I will stop and get something on the way home, even though I've already given her a Valentine gift. What's your system for getting out of bed in the morning? If you're always running late, your system is you hit the snooze alarm three times. What's your system? What's your system for getting up, getting a shower, and doing all of those? Think about what system do I need to create? Here's the next one. What relationships do I need to cultivate? What relationships do I need to cultivate? We've spent so much time on social distancing, we've lost social substance. As a believer, you will never achieve your life goals by yourself. Look at what this verse says in Hebrews 12. Look at how many times you see we or us or our never achieve, you'll never achieve your life purpose alone. God never created you to do it alone. Some of you, uh, you want to be a loner. You can't do that. You've got to have somebody that you help pull along and somebody else pulls you along. That you got somebody to encourage you, to lift you up. That's why we say everybody needs to be in a life group. In a life group, you're able to say to people in a small setting, hey, I have this need uh, or I have this problem and somebody's going to pray for you. What's said in a life group stays in a life group. So you need to get in a life group. You say, well, I don't like a life group. I don't like to be around people. Get over your silly self. (laughs) Then don't plan on going to heaven. Because there's going to be a lot of people around you. The problem is, you just don't like to hang around some people. I don't believe there's one person here that would say, I love to hang around everybody. Well, Vance is not here. He probably would. <laughs> but most of us, there's people that we, that we, really, that we really like, right? And we want to hang around them. So getting in a life group doesn't mean you have a life sentence. It's just for a certain time. And then you get out, of, get out of jail card, you know, and you, and you find another life group. Or you get into serving. Find a place to serve. You do that through getting into our life group. Our life groups are the first, second, third, fourth Sunday of every month. And you can find a place where to serve, find how to hook up with this church, how to make a difference. So do that. Number three in your notes. We have to deal with the tension. Deal with the tension. Number one, start with prayer. Number two, answer the questions. What do I need to start? What do I need to stop? What system do I need to create? What relationships do I need to cultivate? And number three, you have to deal with the tension. Deal with the tension. Sometimes there's tension in our life, isn't it? Sometimes there's a tension between where we are and where we really want to be. It's like this uh, pulling the rubber band. You know, you, you can only pull the rubber band so far. Until it pops, and I'm not going to pop it because I'm immune to pain, and so I'm not going to pop that. But you know what I mean? Sometimes we are, we are here, but we really would like to be over here. You know, I, 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 I don't have a great marriage, but I'd like to have a great marriage. And so there's that tension. So what are we going to do about it? Or there's the tension of we say we're okay, but we know we're not. Yeah, you know, I love Jesus, and we're in the best, I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life. But in your mind, you know you're living in a life of total sin. And you're just saying things. But you're experiencing that tension. That you know where you are, and you know where he wants you to be. I, I feel that tension through through Paul and through, through Job, both talking about their goals. Look at this. Paul says. So I do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who's hitting something, not just the air. Some things in my life, I, I feel that. I feel a very intentional with that. That, yeah, I'm on target with that. And there are other areas in my life where I don't feel like that. I feel more like Job with his goal. Look at this. Job 6 and 11. What strength do I have left that I can go on hoping What goal do I have that I would want to prolong my life? He simply says, I don't have a goal. I've lost everything. I'm weak. I'm tired. I don't have a goal that encourages me. I've come to the end of my rope. There's no self-sufficiency. I'm at the end. I don't have a goal. And it's a frustrating place. It's the difference between this. It's the difference between intentional living, say intentional living, living, intentional living and intention all living. Look at it on the screen. This is the way it looks. We have to deal with the tension between intentional living and being in all living. I'm not where I need to be. And so it's creating tension in my life. So what did Job do? In the midst of this look at Job 12 and 13 he said true wisdom and real power belong to God from him we learn say it with me how to live and also what to live for so look at this Job says I don't have any goals all I see is misery all I see is how I've ruined my life All I see is the results of this I see these boils I've lost everything my wife says curse God my friends turned against me I'm bankrupt I have nothing but then all of a sudden he leans in a little bit to God and he says oh if I lean into God if I lift my eyes up if I begin looking at him he gives me the understanding of he's basically saying here he gives me my life goals I thought my life was over. There was no hope for me. I would never amount to anything. But he's given me some life goals. Would you write this down? Seize your tomorrow today. Seize your tomorrow today. Seize your tomorrow today. So how do we do that? Well, we start with making a decision today to make a difference. I won't take time to look at all of this, but just let me put it in your notes there for you. My focus... Determines my direction. My direction determines the journey. The journey decides my destination. So what are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? If you want to win in 2021, if you want your life to be different, you've got to deal with the tension. You've got to deal with where you are and where you know you should be. Where you are and where you know God wants you to be. So, you put the focus there and then you change your direction. You know, Paul actually changed his direction on the way to the mask us. Didn't work, did it? I had it in my notes in the first service and I chickened out, but I tried here, all right? You give, give a guy a chance, all right? Have to deal with the tension. How many of you, if I I would say, Jesus is full of grace, would you say yes? How many of you, if I said, Jesus is full of truth, would you say yes? He's 100% full of grace, 100% full of truth. Some people, some of you, or somebody you know, they're all full of grace. Yeah, I know I'm shacking up with somebody that's not my husband or my wife, but it's really no big deal, you know. Because God is a God of grace, and He understands. And then some of you are all truth, and you'd say, I'm going to tell you, I can't believe their life is out of order, and they're asking God to bless them, and they're saying God is blessing them, and they're shacking up with somebody that's not their husband or their wife, and so it's it's all truth. How many of you know that we've got to have grace, but we've also got to be confronted by the truth? How many of you know that Jesus is freedom? And then Jesus is also boundaries. He sets boundaries. So sometimes people are living in that. I know I'm not living where I need to be. And then other people say, I know they're not living where they need to be. And then we judge everyone. No, we've got to have that grace. We've got to be able to, for wherever you are right now, you've got to be able to lean into Jesus and say, Jesus, I want my life to change. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Make a choice today. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone that's here today and those that are watching online. Father, if we've never set life goals before, I pray that you'd begin stirring our heart. Holy Spirit, I know you're drawing us. You're not condemning us. You're not saying you should have done this you can't do this you've tried too many times but you're drawing us today to set life goals to set life goals have a meaning and a purpose when we get up what are we living for where are we going what's our marriage what, what's the goals for our marriage what are we doing are we just getting up or we just live together and have sex and uh and go and and do this or is, what's 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 our life purpose it's a life purpose for our family What's the life purpose for the business that God has given me? He's given me a good business. I'm making money. I'm, I'm comfortable with my... But what is the life purpose? What, what is it he wants me to use this for? And Lord, I pray those that have lost their dreams, that you'd rekindle their dreams, going back to school, becoming who you want, starting that business, starting their own, moving out. As you continue to pray and process what God is saying to you, I wanna to say to those of you that may be here today and you say, you know what? I've never invited Jesus into my heart and into my life. My purpose is, I guess I should get right with him. I, I, I should get right with him today. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Jesus's goal was to get to the cross so that he could shed his life so you and I could be forgiven of our sins. Some of you right now are in that intention Place. You know that you're not where you need to be. Maybe years ago you were, but right now you're not where you need to be. And I'm saying to you today, it's not too late. Today is the day to start again. Today is the day to lean into God and start again. So, in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and make eye contact with me. Or if you're online, do the same thing. Because I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you today. I want to pray that the Lord comes into your life. I want to pray today that today is the day that you redecide decide to follow Him. If that's you today, you say, Terry, I need to make that prayer today. Would you raise your hand? Thank you in the back. Others today, thank you here. Thank you here. Thank you. Others today, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all over today. Thank you. Thank you. Saying, yeah, today's the day. Let me lead you in a prayer, and then I want to pray for all of us, and I'm going to give you a next step to take as we process all that God is saying to us. Would you pray this prayer with me? Nobody needs to pray this prayer alone. Let's pray it together. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I believe on the third day you rose, and you're worthy of serving. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life be my Lord and Savior. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.